0: This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And I'm so glad you have joined us for Walking Free today. I have with me Tammy Rivenbark, and Tammy is on staff at Grace Ministries International, and we're going to talk about something difficult, uh, something that we both have been through, and it's uh, our experience of losing our respective spouses uh, to cancer. We wanna talk about this, maybe share a little bit of our stories and, uh, and talk about this Issue of when you're facing these hard times, facing death and grief and loss. So, Tammy, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Why don't we start it off? um, In fact, let me kick it off. Can I kick it off? Please, please do. My story um, in this context began in 2004, end of 2004. Uh, you know, we it took my wife and I were married, uh, and uh, took us 12 years to have kids, and we had our first kid in 1998, and then, then they just kept coming. It's like, well, we must have read the right manual or something. They, it's 98, <laughs> and then 2000, and then 2002 was our last child. It's like, wow, we got this kid thing going. <laughs> Wish we knew about it earlier, uh, how to do all this. But so we've got that uh, rocking and rolling. We uh, are. Last child was born on Christmas morning, 2002. Wow. And uh, so we're just, you know, we're rocking the kid thing. And then uh, my job is going great. I'm moving up the ladder in the corporate world and doing my ministry my that I had uh, started back in the 90s, doing that as well. And life is good. Life is just good. We started actually coming together more as a uh versus trying to well we weren't actually we we had a rough time i think in our first few years we just did um i think that's why the lord said no nah, you ain't having kids for 12 years y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all don't have it together Ain't that ain't gonna happen mm. but uh so things are going well and uh so here we are 2002 moving in 2003 and life is good well uh, i in 2004, at the that uh, my wife was going in for a normal checkup, and um, the doctor said we need to run some tests. You know, feel some lump here and there, and so uh, she goes in and goes through a number of tests. And they we come back and we're thinking, oh, you know, not, no big deal. Well, we sit down. I remember sitting on the couch and they had done a biopsy, and sitting on the couch, and the doctor comes in, and you hear those words, uh, you have breast cancer, and you have stage two breast cancer. And and it's, I'm glad I was, at, at that point, I mean, my wife, I don't think she heard anything else of that conversation, Right. you know? And it's like, what is going on? And so you know they're going through all this stuff. It's like you're you can't even process those first couple words. But now here's what we need to do. It's like whoa, slow down, doc. But you know I kind of compartmentalize and start. All right, here's what we need to do. And uh, very uh, challenging point. Uh, and so we go through the process, and they say, well, it's good. It's her too positive, and we can address that specifically uh, with some. Um, different radiation and chemo targeted drugs for this and so it's a good thing we said oh okay great so they said we want to do that we want to start you with chemo and see if it's affecting that tumor see if uh, see if it shrinks uh, that cancer will sh- uh, will shrink and sure enough with the radiation and the uh, chemo that cancer started to shrink to where it was like nothing well awesome they said well we're just going to do a lumpectomy and be done and we said awesome let's do that and you know and of course my kids are you know we have a a two-year-old and a four-year-old and or a five-year-old and eight-year-old and and of course my my son is autistic uh, with another little angle of a challenge in there but um so they that's the journey where my kids started seeing mom just being sick lost all her hair She had this bright red hair, uh, lost all her hair, and uh, was real sick. But then we started that road of recovery and things were looking good. It's like looking so good. And we went, still had doctor's treatments, and uh, we went about uh, eight years. It was, things were going well. And then she was going back for a normal checkup And this was in 2013. She goes in for a checkup, and they said, "Um, well, Brenda, uh, we've got some bad news um, that breast cancer has come back, and it's an invasive breast cancer, and it's stage three, and uh, we've got to go through more radiation, more chemo, double mastectomy, got to get uh, just... Uh, we got to take aggressive measures well okay we do what we got to do and uh so you know the life was coming back to normal for a couple of years but then we kind of dipped back down right and then uh here we are with um going through that radiation and the chemo get sick lost her hair again just just awful and we said okay well we made it to the first one fine and uh, so we get through that and we start coming out of that and um, we said "All right, we're getting back things are going well again and my wife and I would often watch these dumb these little murder mysteries like (laughs) Poirot or Sherlock Holmes and we had a little spare bedroom with a little TV in it Um, and we would eat our Chinese and watch these little murder mysteries and so one day this is in uh, 2014 it's been about a year uh, we're watching this murder mystery and all of a sudden i'm sitting in my in my little easy chair she's in her chair and all of a sudden her hand goes up i said honey what are you doing are you praising the lord what, are you, what, are you, what is this we're watching poirot and she goes i don't know but i can't put it down and then she went into a seizure oh. and and so i go and try to help her um Uh, in the seizure and I that dies down and I get to the hospital she has another seizure in the emergency room and then they start doing this you know PET scan and all these different uh, scans and they said uh, well we need to tell you we told you we got it all on the double mastectomy and the margins and everything but um, you had three you've got three tumors that had metastasized to the brain and um And they said, stage four, no chemo is going to touch that. So here we are at that point. And uh, we said, uh, well, they said, well, there's one thing, you know, we could, they gave some medicines and helped control the seizures, but they said there's nothing really we can do um, where the tumors were located. And they said, uh, well, we have this uh, targeted, high-powered radiation that we can go and and really try to, because they did some radiation, general, more generalized, uh, um, where she would go in and they put this head thing on her and, and try to target it, uh, didn't do anything, uh, much of anything. And they said, well, we can go in and really blast it, but there's a chance, there's a probability that you will be a vegetable. Yeah. and So now we're faced, well, this could, might do it, but then, and uh, and you always say, well, should I've done? It? We didn't do it. We just said no, we're not going to do it. And, um, and then you look back hindsight. Should we have done that? Is there more we could have done, but we just didn't do it. And so we, she would just get. She was just getting progressively, progressively worse. Where she, um, she was on steroids, and it was just uh, just racking her body and getting her all puffy. It was just then she couldn't walk. Um, and uh, all kind of things that were just going uh, on at the time, and and he said, "Well, where is God? Hmm. You know, did did you pray in faith, ask God to heal her? Absolutely." And um, here she's going on. Well, where was God? Well, God showed up in the middle of our pain. Crying with us, working with us, and he showed up in very tangible ways. Right. We had a um. We needed to get a, a stair, a chairlift, stairlift for the stairs to uh, two level. All the bedrooms on the second floor. And it's a couple thousand dollars. We didn't have that at the time, and uh, so I told us so that we're going. You know, and we and we had just called a ministry, said hey, because we'd gotten some supplies from, and said hey, would you supply us? Do you have a, a stair lift? They said, no, we don't have a stair, we, don't, we never had, we don't do that, okay. Um, so I said, honey, we're gonna pray. And we're gonna pray God provides 5,000 or 5,000 for this uh, stair lift, so we prayed. And uh, then I said, well, let's just go and uh, find some reviews and find someone who does it and get a quote. And so after we prayed, we looked around and went through the reviews, said, well, this is a good company, kind of local, let's go and ask them to give us a quote. And now that's on um, Thursday, that came out Friday. And I said, well, here's your quote. Uh, Will it cost 4,000, 5,000, what we thought. Well, thank you very much. Um, let's just go ahead and order it by faith. <laughs> let's just order it by faith. And so we did. We ordered it on Friday. And uh, then on Saturday, I get a phone call. And I said, you know. Hello. That's what you normally say <laughs> when someone calls. I said, right. hello. And I said, said, uh, Mr. Terrell, yes. Uh, this is so-and-so from this uh, ministry. I went, oh, hey, how's it going? They said, what? Well, you're not going to believe this, but after you called us, a day or so after, some guy called us up and said uh, he wanted to donate a stair lift. And I said, really?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He said, yeah. I said, well, It's funny, because after I called you, my wife and I prayed that God would provide us with the money for a stair lift, but I guess he just wanted to provide the stair lift instead. And the guy's going, what? I said, yeah. And we're all just like, and I don't even know if he's a Christian or not, but we're like, yes, yes. And he goes, well, we're going to have someone install it for you free of charge. Here's the company that's going to install it. Well, guess who that company was? (laughs) It was the same one I randomly picked out. Mm. And and i called them on saturday and they happened to be there i said can you cancel our order they said well yeah but why i said well because um god provided one that you're going to install for us next week (laughs) and and so was god with us and he absolutely was um psalm 23 uh, which says the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores and refreshes my soul. Uh, and it it goes on to say that even though we walk um, through the deepest, darkest valley, or the valley of the shadow of death, he goes, "I'm with you." He doesn't say you're gonna avoid the valley. He goes, "But when you do walk, and you will," right? He goes, "I'm with you." And in the middle of the valley, he goes, "Now let's stop for a minute." He goes we're going to have dinner in the middle of the valley he goes he he prepares a table before us in the presence of all of these enemies he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows and that's what he did for us Uh, in the middle of this deep dark valley goes look everybody watching here's a stair lift um just sit here for a bit and that stair lift is still in my house today It's a monument to God. And yeah, one day I'm going to give it away, Mm. but uh, it's still there. And uh, so God does provide, and he is with us always. He never leaves us. So after that, uh, it was, um, and they said, well, she won't last six months. Well, she did. And um, in November, uh, um, actually the end of October 2015, uh, she kind of, it was on a Saturday, I remember, because she wanted to watch the new movie at the time. It was um, um, Inside Out, the Disney Pixar mm. Pixar movie. She wanted to see it. Well, I went and got like, like a one-day delivery from Amazon, and I didn't. And I ordered; it had just come that Saturday morning. And um, well, she went into like a coma. She just she just kind of she was upstairs in the bedroom in a chair. She just kind of. Went blank and were not responsive. So I was able to get her, pick her get her into the hospital bed we had in the room, propped that baby up. I said, Guys, and I had this projector because our TV had happened to blown out. So I said, Let's get the projector, put it on this bedroom wall. We are all going to watch. Got all the kids around. We're going to watch Inside Out. And that was the last movie she saw. And I know she heard it. I know she did. Uh, and could see it we propped it where she could. we all watched that together and then it was one week later on november 5th is when she passed away and uh so uh all th- you know all three kids there uh with me god just worked all of that out for us so that's my uh my story hmm. what's yours how did it all happen you know what was the context and the story for you
1: yeah well i um you know, listening to you, there, there are so many similarities, you know, that cancer journey um, and the family journey and a marriage journey and all of that. I can relate to so much of that. But um, so my story goes um, like this. My husband, John, he was 46 when we first learned that he had colon cancer. Um, you know, he was suffering from all the typical middle-aged American complaints, Mm -hmm. um, overworked, overweight, tired most of the time and just run down. But we would have never thought he had cancer, um, until we found the tumor. Mm. And your, your story of sitting on the couch and hearing that was, yeah, yeah, I have one just like that. Um, the news of course was shocking and it's your worst fear when you go to the doctors or you know and, and hear cancer but for us you know after the shock wore off um, we were quickly offered hope hope in treatment hope in the latest breakthroughs and you know as a christian um, hoping god answering the prayers of our prayers and the prayers of our church and our family to provide healing um, and then it was like we we were enlisted in this organized military-like campaign to fight cancer you know the war on cancer Um, and it it gives you a new focus you're given a mission a strategy a community you know of others doing the same thing Uh, and 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 for a lot of us a new identity you know he was a cancer he was a cancer patient Mm -hmm. i was a caregiver um and so the purpose, this purpose of fighting cancer, it, it helps to replace the fear in a lot of ways. And this approach particularly appear, appealed to, um, to John because he was a military guy. So, um, you know, we fought cancer and we fought to keep him alive. And uh, after the first round of surgery and chemo, we had a brief respite, kind of, you know, like you all, mm-hmm. um, But then that turned out to be uh, what we thought was a clean diagnosis or was actually a false diagnosis. And within two years, we were back in the battle facing now um, what they call a second primary. So he now had, on top of colon cancer, pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, um, you know, and the colon cancer had become metastatic, so it was, all the way around bad. Um, and we did this for another three years. Um, but in 2018, John lost his fight with cancer and he died at the age of 52. Mm -hmm. Um, and though, you know, I was never the type, people that know me will laugh at this because I've just never been, uh, the power of positive thinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In fact, John used to, he used to give me a hard time about being, uh, so negative. And I said, No, I'm not negative. I'm just realistic, you know. Um, But I really tried. I tried doing engage and be encouraging, you know, for him and for the kids and for everyone around us. Um, But when the cancer reemerged, you know, that second time around, I, I, I began to focus, you know, that realism came into, really came into play for me and I began to focus myself And forced myself to consider on what was awaiting me, Um, and so I began to prepare myself for one of my greatest fears all along, and that had been uh, losing him and being left alone. He, let's see, he died. He died just after our twenty-eighth wedding anniversary, Hmm. and we married young, so you know we, yeah, that that was always a big fear. you know, we'd been, we'd you know, like you, we had our challenges, but we had become a real team. And, and he, John was a very strong type of person in whom I drew a lot of, you know, courage and my sense of security from. Um, it's also, all of this took place during the years that my children were graduating from high school and college and trying to launch. Um, we had left our home of 20 years and relocated to a new state in the middle of his remission. So, um, you know, I offer all of this extra information in my story to provide the the context in which death and loss came into my life. Um, cancer and and death of a spouse and, and for my children, parent is destabilizing enough. But my children and I were dealing with so many areas of change and loss that it only made things worse. Um, that first year after John died, we were all. Raw and lost, I think, mm-hmm. are the best words to describe that. And as a family, our grief expressed itself through depression, interpersonal conflict. Um, there was even some substance abuse and a lot of just despair. But you know, Vernon, when I look back over, it's been three years. It was it was three years this year since he since he died. And when I look back, I can honestly say that we're in a much better place now. Um, Eventually, I moved back to Atlanta, and we have all, my children and I, we've all lived near one another and worked hard on getting healthy again as individuals and as a family. We're very different people now, and our family looks very different. Um, We didn't have the option to remain in what was or even try to return to it. You know, the family home was gone and the kids were adults and one of my kids was married at that point. The other one was in the army. So we've had to just move forward and make big decisions and grow and adapt. And in doing so, we have slowly been creating a new family and a new normal, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's just hell. It's hell some days. Um, but I, I, I can also say without a doubt that god has been like you he's been in in every part of it he's been with us every step of the way um you know and and like you said so well that doesn't mean he spares pain He, he doesn't spare us the pain he doesn't give you shortcuts most of the time but um but i found that he invited us into a deeper experience of what it means to be human and what it means to be a family, and what it means to grow, forgive, heal, transform, and most importantly, a deeper experience of his heart for us. Um, So while, you know, I will never be thankful that John died and left us so early, um, I am in awe of what, you know, I, I'm just in awe of, of, of God and what He showed me. Um, you know, cr- Christianity is a faith, and I've been a Christian my whole life. I was raised in a Christian home and um, just have always had an active relationship with Jesus. Um, but it's a faith all about this all-loving God who conquered death and makes all things new, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just feel like now I know that, you know, that's a living reality. That's not just something in church that we hope and believe and, you know, preach, but that's that's my reality. Um, and that reality and experience has changed me and my life forever. And so for that transformation and that experience, um, for that, I am truly grateful, mm-hmm. you know.
0: You know, some folks, think that well you know god is should be giving us these quote unquote blessings it's like god's this cosmic slot machine if we pull the right lever and do the right things well god's just going to shower us with blessings and if he's not well therefore you're doing something wrong and then we get all this shame and guilt and what more can i do and god doesn't like me and
1: and what did i do wrong what did i
0: do wrong to deserve this and all these things go through our brains, you know, and for so many, um, I think our concept of God is so important uh, and it's challenged in these real life scenarios. And uh, is God good? Is God good? And I have to answer a resounding, yes, he's good. The world isn't always good. Life isn't always fair. (laughs) Life isn't always happy and good. But God is always good. Someone said, well, God did not heal your wife. Yes, he did. She is 100% healed right now, living with him in heaven. So absolutely. Now, it's not the healing I might have wanted. But she is healed and free from pain right now. I totally 100% believe that I cannot and I don't know about you but I cannot imagine going through an experience like this without knowing Jesus.
1: Yeah, I can't either. Mm-mm.
0: What would you say and we're going to actually we might just end up doing a two-parter here because we want to we want to give you our stories a bit and then talk about some other ideas. Well, how do you navigate some of this stuff? Yeah. And what really helped you um, navigate these things? And uh, what what about some spiritual, practical? uh, What were some of the emotions? How do you deal with that? Uh, We want to talk about some of that on uh, our next episode. So I do encourage you. This is the foundation. (laughs) (laughs) This is the teaser (laughs) that we want you to listen to our Uh, next episode and if you're going through this if you're going through a very challenging situation with health or with job finances do not think that God has abandoned you if the enemy wants you to feel that that you are alone Mm
1: -hmm.
0: his strategy is to divide and conquer is to make you feel isolated well number one you're never alone with him number two Find folks that can come around you. We're going to talk about that a little bit next uh, next uh, episode. But oh. you're not alone. God is with you. He's with you in the tears. He's with you in the anger. He's not scared of your anger. Nope. He's not scared of um, your depression. Not scared of, uh, of feeling that fear and all of that. He's not scared of that. Bring it to him. Let let him enter into that with you that's how you walk it out that's how you walk out your faith when you can't even physically walk you can take that step of faith knowing that he is good and that he is with you and that you are so dearly loved in the midst of crisis so let us encourage you with that and so maybe in this episode as i end it and i always and i try to end it with well let's stop talking, start walking, well for you it may just be that step of faith that you need to take knowing that you are loved and cared for by your Heavenly Father. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gment.org That's g-m-i-m-t dot o-r-g